This episode of News Dump is brought to you by Upstart and Stamps.com. What a week it's been for one of the NFL's biggest stars, Aaron Rodgers, with a story that has gotten consistently dumber and dumber with every single update. And it's also become the latest example of someone's inability to, to shut up, potentially tarnishing their legacy. Please stop, Mr. Rogers, please. <laughs> Let's just walk you through this timeline, which uh, really hit the pinnacle of stupidity on Friday when Rogers appeared live on a sports talk show. You get this guy talking. He don't stop. He's liable to say some things. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the Green Bay uh, Packers PR department, please, <sighs> Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers. There was like this whole thing in the beginning of the season, too, about how like he was all upset with Green Bay and wasn't even going to like play for them this year. It, this whole year has been a mess for him. It's got to be real stressful right now for Shailene Woodley, <laughs> his girlfriend. But on Wednesday of this week, it was reported that Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers had tested positive for COVID-19. Mm-hmm. At this point in time, it would not be all that shocking to have someone on a team full of athletes, coaches, and other employees who are traveling around the country test positive for COVID. Plus, we have vaccines now that make the virus far less severe and deadly in an overwhelming majority of cases. So testing positive for COVID-19 wouldn't have been too big of a deal. No. He gets put on what is effectively COVID timeout for the team. He quarantines until he tests negative, and then he comes back and plays. It sucks for the Packers, who would be missing their star quarterback for a game or two. But this is how things have worked in other sports leagues. At this point, nothing new. No, this is standard now. All right. Um, but we should point out that the NFL does have a vaccine mandate, uh, but it doesn't actually extend to the players. You hear NFL vaccine mandate, you're like, oh, okay. But no, it does not extend to the players themselves. Just Uh, the coaches and staff and everyone else, yeah. But nevertheless, uh, the NFL has a reported 94.1 vaccination rate. So that's really good. It's really high. Yeah. Only a few holdouts. Just a few. But oops, yep, turns out Aaron Rodgers was one of the very few people in the NFL that wasn't actually vaccinated at all. Despite everyone uh, justifiably assuming that he was because he had very carefully chosen his words when speaking about his vaccination status publicly uh, because he claimed that he was immunized instead of saying vaccinated. Hmm. Uh, He claims he wasn't lying about his status because of that specific phrase. But I mean, just watch the video where he was asked directly about being vaccinated back in August. Are you vaccinated and what's your stance on, on vaccinations? Yeah, I've been immunized. He's literally just shaking his head yes. Yeah. So it sounds like he got the vax, right? I mean, uh, if, if a reporter asked you bluntly and you went like this, yeah, uh, then you would assume that that person is vaccinated. But uh, it also came out that the uh, NFL, they knew that he was unvaccinated and that it was basically an open secret around the league with ESPN reporting that, quote, Rogers, 37, had an alternate treatment prior to the start of training camp, sources told ESPN. And he then petitioned the NFL for that treatment to allow him to be considered the same as someone who received one of the approved vaccinations. After a lengthy back and forth, the league, the players union, and an infectious disease consultant approved by both parties heard Rogers' case for an exemption and ruled that he would not get the same consideration and would be considered unvaccinated. So we're not (laughs) totally sure what that alternative uh, treatment was. But local Green Bay news outlet CBS 58 spoke to someone at a place called Acupuncture and Holistic Health Associates <laughs> by the uh, name of Dr. Malachi Love Robinson. Oh, weird. That's uh, what it says right here on this chart. No, this person didn't even have doctor in their title. Yeah. So um, so this uh, medical professional said, quote, this representative yeah, for an acupuncture place said, said 
quote, that probably meant that he built his immune system up. I don't think he was lying. He was just saying, listen, I got my body so that it can fight. I think he's a natural-minded person. It was probably some remedy that triggered the immune system response that would put the body in a better state to, number one, fight the problem from happening in the first place. None of that means anything. <laughs> uh, but yeah, in response to the representative from the acupuncture place, a pediatric infectious disease specialist from the University of Wisconsin, a real doctor named Dr. Gregory Demuri said the following to the news outlet, there are no homeopathic treatments, there are no special herbs or potions that have been proposed for COVID and things even like medical drugs like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine just don't work for the prevention of COVID. That's well established. Dr. Demuri also challenged Roger's use of the word immunized Quote, the terms don't make sense medically to a medical practitioner. Immunized and vaccinated mean the same thing. So, <laughs> guess he flat out lied. I, I, that seems to be the case. Uh, yeah, he was choosing his words cleverly by saying immunized. And, the, and a doctor's like, well, that means the same thing. So, he, if he wasn't vaccinated, then he's just lying. I did my own research. <laughs> I mean, we'll get to that uh, because he definitely... Uh, just regurgitated every anti-vax talking point in rapid succession. What's this guy doing on Facebook? He's supposed to be focusing on, focusing on plays, <laughs> focusing on, on getting that trophy. When he was over on the sidelines with that Microsoft tablet, yeah. he was really on Facebook the entire time. This is all the Surface tablet's fault. Yeah, this Bill Belichick was right. He was ahead of the curve on that. Yeah, no one's gonna hand Aaron Rodgers a, a notepad full of all of these claims. Uh, but anyways, regardless of uh, all of that local Green Bay reporting between an acupuncture and holistic specialist versus uh, a infectious disease expert from the university. All that aside, it just kind of paints Aaron Rodgers in a bad light. Like, dude, if you're not going to get vaccinated, at least fucking own it. And don't allude to the fact that you are when you aren't. Yeah. He even went so far as to say that he he's not going to hate on other players who aren't vaccinated. Uh, which, in retrospect... He was talking about himself. Uh, it seems like an attempt to give himself some sort of moral high ground while doubling down on his vaccination status. Yeah. Like, well, you know, uh, I'm immunized, but I'm not going to look down on someone who isn't. Yeah. But you aren't! <laughs> Actually, a lot of non-immunized people are pretty cool. <laughs> Probably even cooler than me, who is immunized. Gosh, I wish I was as cool as all those <laughs> unvaccinated players on this team, whoever they might be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's still just... It's just weird, that's all. The way he went about this is just strange. Yeah. Um, still, instead of just dealing with his recovery uh, in private, he decided to lash out while appearing on the Pat McAfee, uh, McAfee, I guess it's John McAfee's brother, I don't know, <laughs> Pat McAfee show, uh, and basically played just the greatest hits when it comes to weird-ass COVID anti-vax <sighs> nonsense. Um, here's Rolling Stone with some coverage. In the hours and days that followed, Rogers came under fire for misleading reporters in that August media session. Rather than taking an apologetic tone, Rogers, a self-described critical thinker, started throwing Hail Marys at the onset of the show, repeatedly talking about witch hunts and cancel culture. Quote, I realize I'm in the crosshairs of the woke mob right now, so before my final nail gets put in my cancel culture casket, I'd like to set the record straight on so many of the blatant lies out there, Rogers said forewarning an interview that rattled off a bingo card's worth of anti-vax catchphrases. Ivermectin, politicized, my own research, a Martin Luther King Jr. quote applied wildly out of context. You have a moral obligation to object to unjust rules. Monoclonals, sterility, and more. Yeah. Man, um, it's too bad, or it's a good thing Shibby's dad uh, is retired. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, yeah. He would have, he, he, he got out just at the right time. Can yeah. you imagine 
being on the uh, medical staff, the medical of, staff the of the Green Bay Packers right now. Um, so yeah, uh, here's Rogers in his own words during this uh, this uh, recording, this live interview. I'm not some sort of anti-vax flat earther. I am somebody who's a critical thinker. I march to the beat of my own drum. I believe strongly in bodily autonomy and the ability to make choices for your body, not to have to acquiesce to some woke culture or crazed group of individuals who say you have to do something. I'm making the decision that's best for me and my health. And for me, it was a no-brainer. Clearly, it was not the best decision. Yeah, this is all Uh. very aggravating uh, to hear, especially from someone who, uh, you know, I thought was a pretty decent guy. I think he did a great job when he uh, hosted Jeopardy for a while. Uh, oh, I forgot about that. Uh, he was a great NFL player. Uh, I know Shibby loves the Packers, so it was a fun team to watch. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a bummer. But here's some more interesting tidbits from his appearance on the show, chronicled by uh, a writer for The Athletic named Ben Baldwin. Uh, and as mentioned before, uh, these are all just the regurgitation of anti-vax talking points, that the same ones that we've heard ad nauseum over the past year. Yeah, it's it's like it's the reason I don't go to the Herman Cain Awards subreddit anymore is because like after it's you, the same thing. There are all these people who end up uh, dying from COVID spread the same like it's less than fifty, just a few dozen sort of memes and talking points, like, and they're all pulling from the same pool. And after at a certain point, like they're all just the same story. This is literally Aaron Rodgers posting cringe yeah. because he's he's saying these things as if it's news to anyone that this is something no one's talked yeah. about before or used as a persuasion tactic it's like uh yeah it's like how people are like hey let's go brandon <laughs> they don't know who's talking about joe biden just say fuck joe biden <laughs> it's like yeah we you're we not triggering anyone yeah, nobody is being you're not deceiving anyone and also yeah fuck joe biden like yeah. why are you being sneaky about it I mean, yeah, uh, fuck Joe Biden. But even for people who might like Joe Biden, it's like, just say fuck Joe Biden. Yeah, why are you being a literal child about it? Yeah, it's like, you're allowed to curse. Yeah. You're not going to go to the principal's office. Like, hey, mom, chuck you. <laughs> like, look, it's fine. But anyways, yes, this, this is, he's literally playing the greatest hits of stuff that's been yeah. said numerous times before, by a lot of times by fucking weirdos. So yeah. uh, here's here's some more from uh, from that uh, athletic uh, author who posted a chronological thing on Twitter, basically following along with the show. Aaron Rodgers says he is worried about the possibility of vaccines causing sterility. Rodgers now discussing his concerns about inhaling CO2 during workouts while wearing a mask. What about my body, my choice? What about making the best decision for my circumstance? This idea that it's the pandemic of the unvaccinated, it's just a total lie. If the vaccine is so great, then how come people are still getting COVID and spreading COVID? Aaron Rodgers on his recovery. I consulted a good friend of mine, Joe Rogan, and I've been doing a lot of the stuff he recommended in his podcast. Look at the big brain on Aaron. It's, you keep seeing this, uh, Tim Pool got COVID recently. He called up, like every unvaccinated, like semi-famous person just calls up Joe Rogan and he's yeah. like, hey man, I got like a hundred million dollars. I'll pay for your like monoclonals if you want. Yeah, I'll send, I got some leftover. I'll send them over. And the best part is, well, first of all, they're going to Joe Rogan for medical advice. Second of yeah. all, uh, it's always it is always like some wild cocktail list of things that they're doing, and right in the middle is monoclonal antibodies, which is much more experimental <laughs> than yeah. uh, than any of these vaccines. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if you you can't say <laughs> you're against using experimental medical treatments when you're also using monoclonal antibodies. Yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. You just can't. Yeah, that's uh, a little bit of dissonance there. 
And now it continues. They sent in the stooge early in training camp to shame us for being 19th in the league in vaccination rate. I mean, yeah, that's shameful. It is. There's a lot to natural immunity, and natural immunity has not been part of the conversation. Yes, it fucking has. If you've gotten COVID and recovered from it, that's the best boost to immunity that we've that we can have. That's also not it's, true. It's absolutely not true. They, they found actually the best boost to immunity is if you had COVID and also got vaccinated yes. and you have the double immunity there. Yes. But, but also, uh, I like that the, like the, the well, natural immunity, whatever, but the thing of like getting it and then being like, well, I got it. So it's like, be it. why would I want to get COVID and suffer from it just so that I can not get it again within like six months? Yeah. Like, that's just like, get the vaccine and then you don't have to go through that pain. When you get it, like for the next couple risk. for the next couple of weeks and months, you are you are in a good position, but it it falls off. Yeah, that's this is this is these are facts. The, it, getting COVID does not grant immunity that lasts very long, not nearly as long as even the two shots of the vaccine. Yes. Uh, anyways, the Rolling Stone article it continues, uh, obviously mentioning the Joe Rogan shout out. Rogers, as he told McAfee, consulted noted COVID expert Joe Rogan after te- testing positive for COVID. The quarterback said that he was allergic to something in the mRNA shots and that he was reluctant to get the Johnson & Johnson vaccine over their incredibly rare clotting issue that briefly took that vaccine out of circulation. Earlier in the summer, the quarterback and his health advisors developed what he said was a 500-page research report for an alternative approach to COVID-19. He ultimately submitted the report to the Packers medical staff. Team doctors, Rogers said, looked at him like he was a quack. I would love to see just all the various powders that Aaron Rodgers and his teammates are consuming around the clock to keep their bodies at peak physical condition because those the ones things, that aren't banned. Yeah, but even like even the stuff down at the GNC, like yeah. that stuff is not evaluated closely or at all by the FDA. It's just some some shit that they're selling that these companies just mixed together and if something bad happens then there's like a recall and then there's an investigation but you can kind of sell supplements uh, well it's like I like the idea of like Rogers showing up with this report and the doctors just being like dude there's a vaccine that and also doc you're not gonna believe this I've, I've done more <laughs> yeah. than the world's best scientists and it's right here and by the way I'm not sharing it with the world yeah uh, it doesn't leave this room um, anyway, anti-vaxxers are the dumbest fucking people. Like, it's the I'm, weirdest. I'm sorry. It is the weirdest hill to literally die on. Yeah, in a lot of cases, like this. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers. It, I, physical. That's form. what's especially fucking upsetting about this. Is like Aaron Rodgers obviously going to be fine. He's not only already in great physical condition, but he has access to great round-the-clock medical treatment. He when he got COVID, it was detected immediately. Mm-hmm. So like, but a lot of people who obviously don't have any of those things going for them are going to see. People like Aaron Rodgers are like, well, he's fine. It's like, well, you're fucking fat. And <laughs> yeah. you haven't been to the doctor in years. Also, you're, you you're, live in the middle of nowhere. It would be financial ruin to go to the hospital in any scenario. Yeah. So people wait until the symptoms get so terrible that it is unrecoverable. Yeah, and then so they're like, like, give me those monoclonals. They're like, you got to take those in the first one to five days, buddy. You're it, fucked. Yeah, so look. Yeah, it's just... This is very bad for a lot of reasons. And it makes Aaron Rodgers look like a fucking dick. Yeah. Yeah. He's Which, a bad example. And he I, is setting a very bad example. And I expect my NFL athletes <laughs> to lead by example. I hold Especially my their quarterback to a higher status. So I think that, uh, you know, an apology is in order. <laughs> uh, uh, Rodgers continued saying, health shouldn't be political. I'm not going to go on Fox News like I'm not going to go on CNN. 
I'm a non-vaxxed person, so the right is going to champion me and the left is going to cancel me. But the whole time, I don't give a shit about either of them. The only desire I have is to empower people out there to take autonomy over their body. Yes, health shouldn't be political. That's why there are scientists who, yes. in the midst of a global pandemic that has killed millions of people, developed a vaccine that literally saves lives. And, and like, that's underselling it. Developed the most advanced fucking magical vaccine in the history of medicine, a breakthrough vaccine. Pushed medicine, uh, like the technology of medicine along 10 to 20 years. They're talking about using mRNA uh, vaccine progress that they got through this vaccine to fucking cure AIDS in the next like five to 10 years. It shouldn't be political. It shouldn't be political. It shouldn't. So yeah, putting yourself and others at risk is not noble or cool. Sorry, buddy and lashing out at people who are justifiably asking questions after you lied about being vaccinated doesn't make you a victim of cancel culture. You're gonna be fine. Cancel culture has lost all fucking meaning now. Yes. You are the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. You would have been back in the lineup within a week or two if you'd just done things normal. And the only thing that has changed is that some people think you're kind of whack for just being a freak about all this <laughs> and also taking medical advice from Joe Rogan, of all people. That is freak shit. That is what freaks do. You shouldn't be doing that. Yes. I think even Joe Rogan would probably be like, wait, I'm the first person you called? Yeah. Mm, I don't know, buddy. Maybe get a second opinion. Yeah. It's... Have you talked to your... Don't you have a doctor on the team? <laughs> it's just the clip <laughs> the clip of Bill Burr and, and Joe yeah. Rogan talking. I'm not going to sit here with no medical degree, yeah. with you with no medical degree, and say what's right for people. I... Yeah, the Bill Burr I love for so many reasons, but like, yeah, that clip in particular, and that was early in the pandemic. It, that was like that was about mask wearing. It had no, it, it had no real lasting effect on Joe Rogan, but like he, it clearly he was like, yeah, shit, I got nothing, I got nothing to fire back yeah. against that right now. But uh, hopefully, we won't have to wait, uh, or we won't have to worry about any of this in the very near future, because uh, Pfizer just announced that the COVID pill that it's been working on is incredibly effective. Oh, they would say that. <laughs> and uh, it, it could actually become available uh, sometime in the near future uh, from the Associated Press. Pfizer Inc. said Friday that its experimental antiviral pill for COVID-19 cuts rates of hospitalization and death by nearly 90% in high-risk adults as the drug maker joined the race for an easy-to-use medication to treat the coronavirus. Currently, most COVID-19 treatments require an IV or injection. Competitor Merck's COVID-19 pill is already under review at the Food and Drug Administration after showing strong initial results. And on Thursday, the United Kingdom became the first country to okay it. Pfizer said it will ask the FDA and international regulators to authorize its pill as soon as possible after independent experts recommended halting the company's study based on the strength of its results. Once Pfizer applies, the FDA could make a decision within weeks or months. The article continues, since the beginning of the pandemic last year, researchers worldwide have been racing to find a pill to treat COVID-19 that can be taken at home to ease symptoms, speed recovery, and keep people out of the hospital. Having pills to treat early COVID-19 would be a very important advance, said Dr. John Mellers, chief of infectious diseases at the University of Pittsburgh, who was not involved in the Pfizer study. Quote, if someone developed symptoms and tested positive, we could call in a prescription to the local pharmacy as we do for many, many infectious diseases, he said. Top U.S. health officials continue to stress that vaccination will remain the best way to protect against infection. But with tens of millions of adults still unvaccinated and many more globally, effective, easy to use treatments will be critical to curbing future waves of infections. And this is great. Uh, but again, like with the monoclonals, I believe the Pfizer and the Merck ones need to be taken 
as soon as you test positive. The earlier you take them, the f- more effective so you, they will yeah, be. Yeah, you yes. need to be. It has a diminishing return based on when you take yeah, it. So, so it relies heavily on symptoms, testing, and And, and so already on. being vigilant about, uh, you know, yeah, yes. testing and being aware, contact tracing, your social circle and all that, which are things that the unvaccinated crowd, I don't think are particularly interested yeah, in either. It does seem like a good thing specifically for uh, the unvaccinated who refuse to get the shot. Because as long that, as they catch it early and aren't in complete fucking denial. As we've seen before, when they are actually suffering from the effects of the illness, most regret not getting the vaccine. Ah, oh, geez, I wish I had taken hmm. it. Uh, it tends to be, surprise, an eye opener. So having a pill available that uh, could actually help with their symptoms and at the very least keep them from fucking dying, yeah, that's a good thing. That'd be great. Yeah, but as the uh, article points out, the best way to help end this pandemic and protect yourself is getting the vaccine. Also, winter is coming. Get your booster. I'm getting mine on Sunday. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go Sunday or Monday, I'm getting mine. Yeah, I have mine scheduled and uh, that's because- I think I might do a little candy flipping. <laughs> oh no! I, yeah, I, I got Moderna, as, yeah. and I, I was Pfizer, so I'm gonna do the whole buffet. Yeah, uh, because I want to see my family this Christmas, and look, I'm gonna fucking do it. Yeah, dude, the 5G burns so much brighter when you uh, when you mix. The, the service two. of my phone is like outrageous. Yeah. Um, but no, seriously, look, we're both getting the booster. It will be fine. They know. They know. And if they don't know, well, someday they'll know. If you don't know, you don't go. Anyway, we definitely have some non-COVID news for you today. But first, let's take a quick second to thank today's sponsors, starting with Stamps.com. If you're looking for ways to skip the trip down to the post office and dodge all that hectic holiday shopping traffic, why not save time and money with Stamps.com? Stamps.com lets you compare rates, print labels, and access exclusive discounts on UPS and USPS services all year long. It just makes sense, especially if your business sends more mail and packages during the holidays. Whether you're selling online or running an office or side hustle, Stamps.com can save you so much time, money, and stress during the holidays. Access all the post office and UPS shipping services you need without taking the trip. And get discounts you can't find anywhere else, like up to 40% off USPS rates and 76% off UPS. Going to the post office instead of using Stamps.com is kind of like taking the stairs instead of the elevator. What are you doing? You're just going up a couple floors. Yeah, sure, take the stairs. It's fine. But if you're walking up 30 flights a day, Hey, you could use a break. If you spend more than a few minutes a week dealing with mail and shipping, Stamps.com is a lifesaver. You'll save so much time and money, you'll wonder why you didn't start sooner. Save time and money this holiday season with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code NEWSDUMP for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a free digital scale. Mm. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click that microphone at the top of the page, and enter code NEWSDUMP. This episode is also sponsored by Upstart. When it comes to paying off debt, it can often feel like an uphill battle. High interest rates resulting in minimum monthly payments keeps you in an endless cycle of debt. Upstart can help you get ahead. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple fixed monthly payment. Unlike other lenders, Upstart looks at more than just your credit score, like your income and employment history. This means they can offer smarter rates with trusted partners. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate up front for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. You can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com newsdump. That is upstart.com newsdump. And don't forget to use that URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash newsdump. 
All right, back to the news now with some not very surprising news out of the streaming wars. Mm -hmm. Folks, we might have another Quibi on our hands because it looks as though Comcast's entry into the premium streaming model, Peacock, has come out of the gate stumbling extremely hard and has cost the company just over half a billion dollars in losses. P is stored in the cock. Uh, honestly, I mean, we would struggle to come up with one new exclusive show or movie that exists on Peacock at all. Anything coming to mind? The only thing, I think the only noteworthy thing about Peacock is that they're grabbing back all of their like most popular old intellectual properties. No, I'm talking about eventually. Can you come up with a new exclusive show that's only available on Peacock where you have to download that app. You're like, I really want to watch this Peacock show. Name one. I can't. <laughs> I literally can't. I know that uh, Sam Cedar was licensing his YouTube show to Peacock like the first hour of the show, but that contract ended because Peacock is, uh, they're severing a lot of their contracts. Yeah, you uh, could imagine. So uh, yeah, I know he got a little bit of that bag, but yeah, nothing. I, I couldn't name a single fucking show on Peacock. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that really comes to mind is it's a streaming service specifically for watching episodes of The Office or other old NBC sitcoms. Yeah, like you're saying, they're like, yeah. remember when we licensed this to Netflix? What yeah. if we took that back yeah. and uh, put it behind our own paywall or not? Uh, yeah, so the brand, it's just not that strong because as we've said before, even their movie studio, Universal, doesn't have brand loyalty like Disney. It's just a studio that also has a theme park, which also contains rides from shows or movies that a lot of them they didn't even actually produce. Yeah, they have like uh, the Spider-Man ride in uh, Florida. They have Harry yeah. Potter, uh, which is Warner Brothers. Yeah. Uh, it's very confusing. It, and we've said this every time when there is a new very specific streaming service. It's like, no one cares about Universal the brand. I mean, they have uh, Fast and Furious, um, Jurassic. Yes. Uh, Which those worlds are obviously going to cross paths soon. We've talked about they that. They have to. Yes. They must. But yeah, other than I can't. I, and Warner know. Brothers has Harry Potter. It's like, yeah. but yeah. I don't know. It's hard to like think of a brand. Disney just kind of like perfected it where it's like they have brand loyalty oh, because right. of so many reasons. But oh God, if this, if this fucks Universal so much that they have to sell, we're done. The world is going to end. Yeah. If we get if if Universal has to split up its assets between Disney and uh, Warner, and they were left with just like two or three, I would assume they Universal's would, in a better position than. Well, no, I guess no. Warner is pretty big too. Like they have everything. Yeah, Warner's massive. But Universal's I would, Comcast and NBC. I would assume what would happen hypothetically would be uh, Universal and Paramount maybe merging. Because they're yeah, the maybe. two smaller ones. But yeah, that would be bad. We've already, there's already been too many fucking mergers and acquisitions. It is ruining the world and it's ruining my entertainment. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, this, it's, none of this is shocking. Have you or anyone you know seen anything <laughs> on Peacock? Let us know down below. Yeah. Uh, but here's the scoop from The Hollywood Reporter. Comcast on Thursday reported $230 million in revenue and a $520 million adjusted loss related to NBC Universal streaming service Peacock in its third quarter earnings report. That compared to $41 million in revenue and an adjusted loss of $233 million in the comparable year-ago period. For the first time since the launch of Peacock last year, management didn't provide an update on the number of signups in either the earnings release or call. NBC Universal CEO Jeff Schell said only that the company has, quote, added a few million more subs and more monthly active accounts. The company previously said that Peacock had ended the second quarter with 54 million signups in the US, including around 20 million monthly active accounts. The service offers a free ad-supported tier as well as a $5 a month and $10 a month streaming option. 
Um, so look, yeah, 52 million uh, accounts. Hey, 20 million active. Okay, no, not exactly Disney or Netflix numbers, but it's a start. Good for you, Peacock. But the fact that they have a free tier, a free tier. Yeah, that's bad. And they're still not showing any growth as far as or massive growth when you can literally have it for free with watching ads. See, I didn't even know that. Like, that's I didn't know thing. that. Yeah. I would have maybe checked it out if I knew I could just fire it up and have to watch a few ads. Yeah. I, did, I literally did not know that. <laughs> so the fact that that exists and it's like, oh, we're still struggling to find people. It's like, but it's free and people still don't want it. That's usually a pretty bad sign. Hmm. Uh, now it'll be interesting to see how many people are actually paying to use the service. That would be a metric that I would love to see. How many how many ten dollar a month peacock stands are there? They're all dead people who also voted for Joe Biden in Pennsylvania and Arizona. Yeah. Their 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 bodies just sitting there rotting in their big lazy boy, uh, with their their absentee ballot and their remote control. They're they're streaming. NBC Universal what, all day long. If they were smart, what they would do is like uh, they would market like you know show, shows that didn't like age very well or people uh, take them the wrong way. Like they have a cancel culture package. Yeah. Where it's like oh you pay five dollars a month and we show you all the stuff that the stupid libs don't want you to we see. We got a cancel free subscription plan. You know all the episodes of uh, Thirty Rock that fucking uh, Liz Lemon didn't want you to see because they aged really bad because of like blackface and shit. We got They're it. on Peacock. Yeah. You just got to pay a little extra to peek behind the curtain. Yeah. That episode of The Office where they stick the post-it notes to their head and uh, talk about... Uh, I'm like genuinely annoyed. The, the, those episodes of The Office and 30 Rock were good episodes. Yeah. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Everyone needs to calm the fuck down. Yeah. Put a little disclaimer at the front. You're erasing <laughs> history. <laughs> yeah. But no, you can only see... And release Song of the South, Disney+. Plus. <laughs> That's in Disney's cancel culture uh, package. Yeah. Which, which, by the way, you can't cancel. That's the rule. Yeah. It's five dollars a month. You no, can never cancel. No cancellation. You can't cancel the package. It's great. It's a. It's the perfect idea. Please take it. Yeah. I mean, look. We all there were. America went through something, and <laughs> we had a lot to atone for. A lot of a lot of bad shit from our past to reckon with. Yeah. But like, I just don't think like Alec Baldwin doing Tracy Morgan <laughs> voice is worth erasing from uh, the canon. Plus, if you're, re- if you're watching the show for the first time, you're missing out on plot lines. It's going to confuse everything. So yeah. put it back. But that's why you get the cancel package. And release Song of the South. Mm-hmm. And, for uh, science. <laughs> for science. Anyway, uh, over on the movie theater side of things, new releases continue to see rising box office numbers indicating that movies are indeed back. Yeah. Meanwhile, AMC continues to leverage its newfound fandom online by expanding beyond the theater-going experience if you do choose to watch movies from home or just start craving some of their popcorn. The theater company announced this week that they're going to be selling AMC popcorn in malls and in supermarkets, as well as delivering buckets of popcorn directly to your door sometime in the near future. (laughs) This is the dumbest idea. this is dumb. Here's variety. Beginning next year, you won't have to visit your local movie theater to buy a perfectly buttered bucket of popcorn. AMC Theaters, the nation's biggest movie theater chain, is expanding its business outside of the traditional theatrical exhibition industry and plans to sell its popcorn in shopping malls around the country. AMC is also preparing to partner with home delivery services in 2022 to allow customers to order from a nearby AMC location. This is like when uh, Chuck E. Cheese was on uh, Postmates. What was the name of it again? Oh, uh, <laughs> I can't remember now. It was they changed uh, their name to like the chef's name it was from the fake, canon. Fake Italian name. It was like <laughs> Fazoli's or something. Or Fazoli's is actually a different, uh, a pretty good Italian. Uh, hold on, let me ask. Uh, let me ask Siri. Hold on. 
What was Chuck E. Cheese's pizza company name? Oh, Jesus. It's just information about Nolan Bushnell. All right. Anyways, it, they changed their name, and it was great. Yeah. We all loved it. This is a weird idea. This would have been great during the pandemic when movie theaters were actually closed and people were watching everything at home. Like, this could have saved movie I theaters. can't imagine... Get a shitty $10 hot dog. It's the same price you would pay. <laughs> like, But imagine the quality... What like you, you have a you, you do an Uber Eats and you see the car coming from the local AMC and there's just a, a bucket of popcorn and like an icy that's melting and it gets there and it's like this sucks and like yeah it it's probably not gonna do really well yeah I don't know um, it's a fun little marketing gimmick I guess I mean if you really want popcorn you can bake it at home it's not hard well so that's the one like decent idea is they're just they're doing microwavable popcorn with the AMC branding on it but that's like apparently down the line from these other more ridiculous ideas hmm. even blockbuster video they were on that that was one of their best ideas is uh, <laughs> selling blockbuster branded popcorn at the checkout line of the rental place. and they did and it, it in a bucket like, too oh, and it would just pop up out yeah. of the bucket yeah it's brilliant yeah anyway as for that mall kiosk idea it's literally amc theaters but without the theaters <laughs> uh just the concession stand so yeah they're going to be able to get they, they said that you can uh It'll be it'll have popcorn and that cool Coke machine where you can do uh, whatever flavors you yeah. want. You mix it up, you get your ice freestyle and some uh, you know bite sized uh, gummy worms and, and a ten dollar hot dog. Yeah, <laughs> and a ten dollar hot dog, and that's so, where people want to go when they're at a mall for food. It's just it's comforting. <laughs> so I don't know, I don't know if this is gonna work. They they seem pretty optimistic <laughs> about it, but uh, good luck either way. Yeah, it's uh, it's nice to see companies. Trying things out. I don't think it's going to work, but I, I appreciate them for trying. Yeah. Uh, but remember when we spoke earlier this week about the seemingly inevitable future of gaming, which in some people's minds consists entirely of NFTs fighting it out with other NFTs and actually owning certain advantages in a game because they are singular and unique to whoever owns them. Uh, that was all because of that horrific article in Bloomberg, which hypothesized about owning Mario in Mario Kart and collecting Mario coins and then being able to sell Mario for a profit because he's the fastest driver or, or some bullshit like that. Watch this week's first episode if you missed all of that. It's wild. But we obviously thought it was very bleak. Very bad idea. But we also agreed that the EAs of the world were probably already licking their lips at the idea of being able to monetize digital assets at exorbitant prices. Prices that make their current digital goods seem absolutely cheap by comparison. Mm -hmm. People were on a free ride for too long. Uh, well, knock knock, it's reality, and EA is apparently just waiting for the right time to pounce. From an article in PC Gamer, EA CEO Andrew Wilson called NFT and play-to-earn games the future of our industry, but added that it's still early to figure out how that's going to work when asked about the topic during the company's earnings call this week. I think that in the context of the games we create and the live services that we offer, collectible digital content is going to play a meaningful part in our future, Wilson said. So it's still early to tell, but I think we're in a really good position, and we should expect us to kind of think more innovatively and creatively about that on a go-forward basis. I'm going to pivot into NFTs. Um, a lot of companies are doing this. Like, pretty much every single entertainment company is doing this. So 
They, they add that uh, recent EA job listings include NFT and blockchain in the descriptions, suggesting that the company is at least aware of the genre's surge in popularity. A post for a senior director of the company's competitive gaming brand reads, We set the pace for EA's investment in gaming subscriptions. Our PC storefront and platform, competitive gaming, including FIFA, Apex Legends, and Madden NFL, as well as new business opportunities, including fantasy sports, blockchain, and NFTs, and more. Madden NFT. This sucks. (laughs) You can own Aaron Rodgers. Hey, nobody owns me. I'm autonomous. You get to, yeah, yeah. I'm going to choose not to get vaccinated. That should be a game mechanic in uh, the next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Unvaccinated. Yeah, yeah, whether your players get vaccinated and whether they test positive. That that would be cool, actually. Aaron Rodgers would definitely buy himself in Madden. Yeah. No, only I own me. Look, it's me. He also body autonomy. Uh, completely separate, but he also is was like I'm getting paid all in Bitcoin this year, or something like that. Some some fraction of his pay is coming directly from Bitcoin or something like that. <sighs> right. Also, uh, speaking of theaters, I went and saw Eternals. Eh, but uh, racist. There was uh, there was <laughs> anti-gay. <laughs> uh, no, it was just kind of boring. Um, but racist, uh, <laughs> homophobe. Uh, they there was crypto ads before the movie. Like in in between the movie previews. Oh, and Matt Damon was in it. I didn't see one for Matt Damon, but I did see some crypto exchange uh, advertising at the theater recently. Mm. Yeah, Matt Damon was walking through and like showing off like uh, uh, like one of the boats that uh, uh, Columbus came over on, and then like someone in a spaceship, and he's like, "And we can be in the we can do cool things too." And it's like crypto.com. But yeah, Eternals. Uh, I just didn't really. Uh, uh, I, 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 Why do you I read, hate women? I, re- I read a review after because uh, I was really curious about it because I, I went in completely blind on this one. Same that, and I liked Shang Chi, and I went in blind on that one, and I had my expectations low, and I was just like, eh. And I, I read a review afterwards, and I was like, yeah, that makes the like, two of them that stood out that uh, made the most sense to me because I had similar feelings. One was uh, Marvel just made its first DC movie. And the other, mm. <laughs> and the I, other, that, that actually I can picture exactly what that fucking. <laughs> and means. the other was uh, the stakes have never been lower, and, and so yeah. it, it, and the whole thing with this is that like it's actually a much more massive supposedly problem than anything the Avengers have dealt with, but like it just feels like nothing. Yeah. The entire time. How do you raise the stakes higher than Thanos uh, killing every half the people in the universe? It's hard. There was some fun stuff in it, but like really, it was a slog. And that, the the good comparison is like I saw Dune, which is like two hours and forty five minutes. Felt like the movie went by like this. Yeah, incredible movie, one of the best sci fi movies I've ever seen. Eternals, fifteen minutes shorter, still very long. I didn't look at the running time before this. It is like two over two and a half hours long, and the whole time I'm like, is this gonna be over soon? So There's you're also- saying you preferred the movie that was ninety percent men over the Eternals. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, actually, the most powerful person in Dune is a woman. Yeah. Dune's great. French Dispatch is great. Oh, I love French Dispatch. Lovely movie. Movies are back. I, movies are fucking I forgot back. how much I loved going to the theater. Yeah. It's a good time. It's great. Mm-hmm. Anyway, back to fucking EA and their blockchain and their NFTs. This is in addition to an announcement from Ubisoft, who is also embracing the blockchain. Once again from PC Gamer, Ubisoft has formally announced its intention to develop play-to-earn NFT and blockchain games the publisher revealed during last week's Q2 earnings call. 
executives raised the subject of blockchain games several times in both its earnings report and during the call itself. This industry is changing regularly with lots of new revolutions happening, said CEO Yves Guimot during the call via IB Times. We consider blockchain one of those revolutions. It will imply more play to earn that will enable more players to actually earn content, own content, and we think it's going to grow the industry quite a lot. So, uh, yep, uh, once again, buckle up because it seems like this trend is not going away until these companies lose an obscene amount of money trying to make it work and learn a lesson. <laughs> and I think they're all sort of, well, I'm surprised Activision didn't do that because I, I forgot I owned a share of Activision stock. Their stock, uh, there was no like share price fallout from all the shit that's happened with them. And like mm -hmm. everyone thought that was weird, but they finally had their earnings call this week and it dropped 10% instantly. In yeah. like uh, pre-market hours, I think, and I, it hasn't really recovered. I think Activision's probably like, they've got to be like, we can't have any more press at all. Let's just take a year of not having press. Yeah. Um, because we can't, <laughs> we, we certainly can't uh, have it right now. Um, but uh, it, this also strikes me as just like, it is kind of, because these are happening on earnings call, I'm going to bring a bit of realism to this right now. This is like back at Machinima when they announced like, hundred new projects that were going to happen next year, and maybe one of them would happen. But they, you just had to say they were getting involved in this hot new trend. Exactly. If you're on an earnings call with a company that is involved in entertainment or tech or a combination of both of those, and you don't mention this in your earnings call, your fucking stock is going to drop because the other companies yeah. are going to say some, what they're doing. Some big investor is going to be like, oh, so do you have any plans to uh, use uh, blockchain in your upcoming projects? And if they say, no, that's stupid, they were like, oh, okay. okay, yeah. Well, they say, yeah, we're looking into NFTs and, and blockchain. Play to earn, yeah. And like, the yeah, we got, it's the, the blockchain is actually, you know, it's uh, yeah. we're looking at different methods on how to really utilize and monetize. Like, it's just a bunch of like mm, exciting. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, yeah. Realistically, that's what's They're going. Really on shaking here. things up down there at EA. <laughs> yeah. Finally, someone who's on the cutting edge. You know, my grandson's in NFTs, so this is really exciting for me and him. He's got one of those lazy lions. <laughs> you know those, uh, what was what was that game that people played, like kids played like 10 years ago where you could actually collect the figurines and put it on the... Oh, Amiibos? No, it was, it was, it was like that, but not that. Oh, I don't know. Sky something. I don't know. That's what NFT is going to be like. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was like it was like amiibos or amiibos or whatever, where you put it on a pedestal, or you owned the figurine and so you owned it in the game. Yeah, it's just history repeating. They're itself. like NFTs in real life. <laughs> There's only one of them, and you own it. This is crazy. <laughs> My grandson has a lazy eye. This is gonna change the path of physical goods. We're talking about things in real life that you own. It's got a little QR code on the bottom. Of it. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> that picture you sent me of the tungsten cubes is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, okay, we have to get serious. We have to get serious oh, now. Serious story. Sorry. Fuck. Sorry. Okay. Uh, huh. Now for an update on the Rust shooting. Okay, uh, because the armorer for the film, Hannah Gutierrez Reed, uh, she's obviously gotten herself an attorney. Lawyer up and shut up. And that attorney has a pretty wild defense. Yeah, this is uh, uh, for his client. Yeah, this is it's. Uh, yeah, the theory is that someone was uh, someone sabotaged. The set. Someone snuck on and switched out the bullets. They did it on purpose, with seemingly with malicious intent. Yeah. Uh, and inserted a live round into a box of dummy rounds. That's the, the theory, apparently. Uh, from NBC News, 
How did a live round get on set? And who put that live round on the set? Jason Bowles, an attorney for Rut... <laughs> Mr. Bowles. <laughs> Attorney for Rust Armor, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, asked on NBC's Today Show. There was a box of dummy rounds labeled dummy, Bowles said. We don't know whether the live round came from that box. We're assuming somebody put the live round in that box. The attorney did not provide evidence to support his theory, but Bowles floated a possible motive. Members of the crew had walked off the set the day before the fatal incident. Bowles said a working theory is that somebody who would want to sabotage the set, want to prove a point, want to say they're disgruntled, they're unhappy, may have put a live round or live rounds in the box of blanks. Bowles didn't mention that the crew members who did quit did so over what they said were lacking safety measures. So this is insane theory. I think it's pretty stupid. Yeah. Uh, we have a feeling that these court cases are only going to get more bizarre as time goes on. And... Uh, also, it might be a long time before we really have answers on this, but... Yeah, there's, it, this is a process that's going I mean, to we, take a very long time. We already talked about previously how there was reports that they were taking, like, during breaks and shooting, taking the prop guns from the set, and prop guns are real guns. Yeah. Uh, and loading them with live rounds to go plinking, and then it's like... And also leaving the weapons and the ammo unattended and not yeah, locked up for long periods of time. literal like, paper trails yeah. and messages between crew members and people on and off set reporting as it happened, things that happened on the set, as well as actual union crew members walking off or being told to leave. Yeah, like there's uh, rampant evidence of like really bad incompetence on the set. Yeah. So, and and I don't know the exact saying, but uh, don't ascribe to malice what could be much more easily explained by incompetence yes. and negligence. Mm -hmm. And if I had to guess, it wasn't some saboteur yeah, I don't, it, sneaking onto the set and swapping out the bullets to like, Make prove a point by getting someone killed. Yeah, like the crew members who were mad about onset safety getting their DP who was like sticking up for them shot to death doesn't it make doesn't, a whole lot yeah. of sense. Uh, anyway, she's uh, Hannah Gutierrez Reed is the one who was in charge of everything and should have done multiple checks of everything that was under her supervision. It doesn't seem like a hard concept to grasp. Yeah, but say for the sake of argument that someone did try to sabotage this set by placing around yeah. in there. It's like, it is your job to clear that weapon. Right. There's multiple checkpoints that it should go through. And it should be obvious, because dummy rounds uh, don't have the powder in them. I, I believe they weigh different, they feel different. They're not, like, dummy rounds that you can buy at the gun store have a little BB inside, mm -hmm. so you shake them. I don't think the movie ones do for sound purposes, but if you're professional armorer on the set and you, pull the six or five bullets out of a fucking revolver, you should be able to tell the difference between the dummy rounds it, and live rounds and blanks. It seems, the theory seems a little desperate. It seems like she's grasping at straws. Yeah, but uh, hey, let's leave you with a fun one today and a, a nice God. break from the serious stuff. A couple in New Zealand might have accidentally stumbled upon the world's biggest potato. I thought this was a fucking, an animal or a, yeah, a baby. It, this I thought thing this was is, like a, a grotesque, like deformed, <laughs> Humunculus. Yeah, it's it's pretty massive. Uh, just over 17 pounds, or uh, 8 kilograms, in fact. Uh, it, it's also hideous, as Elliot said. Yeah. It looks like a walrus fetus. Uh, but they are still proud of the thing. I and would be so good for proud, them. yeah. yeah. Uh, here's the story from AP. It's quite possibly the largest potato on record. When the couple lugged it into their garage and put it on their old set of scales, it weighed in at a remarkable 7.9 kilograms, 17.4 pounds. That's equal to a couple of sacks of regular potatoes or one small dog. 
In the, in the week since their unusual find on August 30th, the couple's potato has become something of a celebrity around their small farm near Hamilton. They've named the potato Doug, after the way it was unearthed. <laughs> <laughs> well, we dug him out, so that's his name. Uh, and uh, Colin even built a small cart to tow him around with. Like Randy Marsh carrying his balls. <laughs> it does look like a big old ball set. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like it, it, it's basically like a Tonka dump truck that they yeah. uh, push it around in. Uh, <laughs> quote, we put a hat on him. We put him on Facebook, taking him for a walk, giving him some sunshine, Doug said. It's all a bit of fun. It's amazing what entertains people. I like the idea that it is like the same weight as a sack of potatoes. Like I like the idea of going down to the store and buying one, just <laughs> one I, giant potato. Why would I buy a sack of potatoes when yeah. I could buy one? Yeah, all these individual potatoes, they're going to fall out and just get all over the place. I have one boulder-like <laughs> potato. Could you imagine doing a baked potato with this thing? You'd need to Take all the racks out of the oven. Put that uh, yeah. put it at 425 for about 78 hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hope you brought sour cream you and chives. A, a fucking thermometer. Yeah, I could get like a foot or foot and a half in there. I need a big stick of butter to go with that big potato. That's right. Mm -hmm. uh, the article also added that a more official weigh-in at the local farming store put Doug at 7.8 kilograms. Uh, the current Guinness World Record entry for the heaviest potato is a 2011 monster from Britain that weighed in at just under five kilograms. So the couple say they have applied to Guinness. They have Doug recognized and are waiting to hear back. Uh, hopefully it don't take too long. Yeah. Because uh, you leave potatoes out long It's going enough. to kill someone. Yeah, it starts to get real nasty. Yeah. It starts growing roots, starts giving off gases that you don't want around. There's going to be a lot of gas coming out of this one. Yeah. So but good keep luck. It, keep it in a nice open air area. Yeah. Don't kill anyone with this potato. But good luck to Doug. Congrats to New Zealand. Yet another reason to put that country on the map. Also, Hamilton, the area they're from. Uh, Hamilton Gardens, one of the coolest little tourist traps I've go. ever been to. Yep. Well, I, like I said, keep it in an open area. Uh, don't put it, I, I have a feeling that these people are keeping it in a crib, in a bedroom. Uh, don't do that. Potatoes can kill you if left long enough. So play it safe, New Zealand. Yeah. All right, that's it for today's episode. Uh, please check out our most recent episode of uh, Tech News Day. And then if you want the rundown on uh, everything else that we've talked about this week, we have another episode there for you. Stay tuned for Weekly Weird News. Subscribe to the channel, hit the like button, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.